God bless, Pastor. God bless you. God bless you. Good to see you guys. Good to see you guys. God bless. All right. God bless you guys. God bless. God bless you. God bless you. Let me see who we got here. All right. We got Elder J in the house. We got Alex Chamilio, Andy Crispin, Araceli de los Santos, Araceli Cruz, Ariane, Bruno Bonilla. All right. We got Clarice. We got Christy Morales, Darlene, uh, Brother Darnell. We broke bread yesterday. Praise God. Uh, Denise. We got Edward, we got Gerald, we got Giselle, we got Grace, Hiram, Isidro, we got Jen, we got Kim, all right, Lewis, who else is up in here? Marvin, Ruben, Yadira, and Yvonne, and the rest keep coming. I think I saw Tiffany coming. Praise the Lord. Well, tonight we have a treat. Uh, we're going to be hosted tonight. Um, Starting starting a series on the Bible, surveying, um, starting with the uh, some some very uh, popular themes in the Bible, uh, mainly the the Old Testament. We're going to talk about the New Testament and kind of give a landscape for you. So as you read and enhance your personal relationship uh, with the Word of God, you kind of know where to where to go. Um, and that's going to be hosted tonight by, by our very own Pastor Murley, who is going to be giving us um, kind of an, an overview. And I hope everyone has a chance to, to enjoy that. So I believe is, we're going to be doing this over the next couple of weeks. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I hope that you will engage, that you will take notes, um, because this is uh, precious, precious information. Whenever you get a chance to um, enhance your life, and get information, quality information, it's, it's really important um, that you take it because this is the kind of stuff that you take with you um, eternally, amen, this knowledge. Um, and it gets you closer to your relationship with the Lord. It makes your, your Bible reading uh, more effective and it makes your understanding about what you're reading effective. Uh, more effective. But the number one thing, the number one reason why people don't read the Bible more is because they don't understand it. Uh, and I find that once you understand the landscape of what it is that you're reading, it makes it so much easier and so much more enjoyable. And you don't have this feeling of, oh, I'm confused. I don't know what I'm reading. Um, and, and I know that that's frustrating for me. And I don't want any one of you, anyone of you to go through that. So uh, our very own Pastor Murley is uh, very well diverse uh, in, in this, and I, I uh, she was excited to do it. I'm excited that she's going to be with us over the next couple of weeks to do this. So uh, let's pray, and let's get into it. Father, we praise you, Lord, and we ask you to come and be with us here tonight and open up the doors so that we may be blessed, so that we may learn from you, and that whatever we learn from you is going to get us closer to you. We pray, Lord God, for our teacher tonight and Pastor Murley, that you would bless her and give her, Lord God, a word from heaven and bread that we may eat tonight. We bless you in all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I hope everyone is blessed today. I know that um, life, you know, we had a, we had a, a, a powerful sisters a fellowship yesterday, and uh, one of the recurring themes was um, 
life hands things to you, right? Life will hand your butt to you. Life will hand your finances to you, your relationships. Life will, will teach you the truths of so many things in your life that you did not want to know about. And so um, I know, you know, that we are, we have the human factor, which is life hands things to us and we have to keep going. And um, so today I just want to, you know, pray that you guys are able to open your ears and your mind and your heart to, you know, this God who cannot be confined to time. And I think it's so important that while we go over this, um, I mean, I can't go over the whole thing because there's so much to talk about, but I do believe that the Bible should not be boring. I do believe that when we read it, if we find, if we can, if we can find a position and when we're reading the Bible, where we have a perspective, we'll be able to understand more the story and the, the, the theme, what I like to call the theme. Some people call it a dispensation. Uh, dispensations like uh, when a construction worker is, starts to build a home. And so what they do is they put up the framework first before they do anything else. And they have to make sure that that framework is built so that they can start to hang sheetrock correctly. And if they don't do it the right way, it's not going to sit right. It's everything's going to be off by a centimeter. So I believe that the Bible is also created dispensationally. It's created theme is created by season. And if you can see the seasons and kind of grasp more like a very uh, simplified version of, of, of the, of the seasons that, that the Bible takes you through, I think that you'll get a better understanding. Number one, the, the, the number one reason why you need to understand this is because you want to know what's God's word for you. That is important. It's it in, and yes, the stories are based on the time, the culture, the, um, the nationalities, you know, all the, all the good stuff. Pastor's always talking about, look, when you read this scripture, it's in that time for that church or for that person. And so I want you to take note that God speaks to us now with this word. And the way he speaks to us is by um, number two, uh, you will also, if you see it this way, you will also be able to know how the word applies to other people. Because I've had, I don't know how many times I can tell you, so many people come up to me and say, you know, that this word that pastor gave on Sunday was so great, you know, and I had this conversation with my mother and I was trying to explain this to her and it's just, it's, I just hit a brick wall. And the reason is because you have to know what season you're standing in. You know, a lot of times we like to quote scriptures and we don't know what season we're in when we're, when we're referencing a scripture. So, so we're here and the solutions now. And um, if you can take notes, please do. If not, we will share it so you can have it and take notes later. Um, so the first thing is um, knowing that God is not confined to time. He was he was he was God before earth was was created and he's he's God now and he will be God after the ends of the earth so God is not confined to time so a lot of times when God gives a word throughout the scriptures uh he's giving a word 
and he's going based on this promise that he gives to, uh, well, first, you know, throughout, you know, first he gives it to Adam and Eve, and then he goes on and, you know, so we're not going to get into anything but Genesis, but in Genesis, you'll be able to see a typology. You'll see certain things in Genesis that you'll find in the New Testament like baptism in the New Testament, you'll find that during the during Noah's Ark. So there's a lot of goodies that you're like, oh yeah. So just open your mind to the creativity of maybe even if you're like, re- you're a good reader, you love reading novels. My daughter, she loves reading novels, right? She'll get into the book. She'll get into the feelings of it. And it's, it's powerful for her. So she'll, she'll come out of there. She's like, oh my gosh, it was great. It was like a whole movie for her. She, she binges books. And so you know, when you're reading a story, know where you're standing in time and remembering that God is not of time. He he's out of time. There is no time. He's timeless. All right. So let's get into it. Um, so let's go over the basics. Um, there's, there's seven, uh, seasons in the, the whole Bible. The whole Bible, there's seven seasons. You can find yourself sitting, standing in season one, which is we call the um, the innocent season, which is uh, the first season of human uh, uh, mankind, which is in the beginning. The innocence is um, interesting because uh, that's where Adam and Eve was was made, right? Um, there's so many things God, you know, God God created the the heavens and the earth, and He separated the and he did, you know, there's so much that he he did through the first season, which is the season of innocence, which I call it a season. You can call it, you know, framework, structure, uh, scaffolding, whatever works for you. Um, but for me, I like the word season. So um, so in this season of innocence, uh, a lot of things happen. Creation happens. Right. And, um, you know, uh, God uh, plants, you know, garden, the garden of Eden. And so he has this direct access to Adam and Eve. So it says, the Bible says that he calls things into creation. He called the creation into, he, he called forth, you know, the beasts of the land. He called forth the animals and the greens, and he did all those things and they're beautiful. And so, but with man, he didn't call us forth. He didn't, he didn't, uh, he didn't do that. He formed us in his image. So um, he gave them total dominion. God is a powerful God. So when he created Adam and Eve, he said, let us create them. He didn't create the body yet, but he did say, let us create them. And when he said, let's create them, he created the souls. He created the idea of what humans were to do with him, which is to have a relationship with him. That's the one and the first most first first and foremost important thing you need to remember is that God created us to have a relationship with him. He wanted that so bad that he gave us direct access in the Garden of Eden. He gave Adam direct access. They could talk, they could chill, he could put his arms back, just, you know, hanging out, just in the in the wilderness, just, just sitting there in the garden, just, you know, hanging out and talking to God and having that conversation. And so in that, uh, he gave us power. He gave them the power to create. 
because he also is a creator. God is a creator. So if he made Adam and Eve or he made us right in God's image, in his own image, that means that he created us just like him to have power over everything on, on, on earth and to have um, the creativity to create things. So you're going to see some people are creative. They can write stories. Uh, I believe that I'm a, I'm a great storyteller, uh, but I believe that I can be a better story writer than I am a storyteller. So there's people that you see with gifts and talents where, you know, they will give, you know, they will, they will have these, um, these gifts and these, uh, these creativities, uh, because God created us that way. Some people can draw, some people can speak. They can, they have the gift of auditory. Some people, you know, have the, the, the gift of, of, of acting, which is great, you know, um, drama. So, and sometimes the gift of construction, I think is a big deal. I think makeup is a gift, you know, it's like an art form, right? We were just talking about that the other day. And so, um, so he created us to be creative, right? And so that uh, Adam and Eve, they can start bringing forth life. They were able to call into existence, you know, um, uh, weeds and, and plants and trees. And in this garden, there was that tree. There was the, the forbidden tree, that tree that was of the knowledge. And I want you guys to remember this. It was a tree of knowledge. It was a tree of knowledge between good and evil. A lot of times people say, yeah, the apple, it was a fruit. It was not an apple. It was a fruit. And I think it's cute when people say apple though, but that's okay. You know, it's fine. It's a fruit. Apple's a fruit. But I want you to remember that that tree symbolizes the one space. I want you to imagine it in your mind is the one space that God said is his. Now, if you see yourself and you see a, like a human being yourself, you see that there's always this part of your heart is this part of your soul deep down inside. It's about a 10th of your soul. And that part always cries out to God. You ever found yourself in a position where you felt like you were at the end of yourself? And you were sick and tired of feeling sick and tired where trials and tribulations were hitting you left and right. And you said, what else, what else am I going to have to go through today? And so a lot of times we don't realize that when we're at the end of ourselves, there's a part in our heart that even though we want to give up, even though we want to curse the person out, even though we want to curse, you know, the land, I don't know, well, however you guys want to deal with road rage, I don't know what it is, but whatever the circumstance is, you ever find yourself that you come to a place where you say, but God, because if it's not because of him, where would I be? I'd be I'd be depressed in a dark room, crying over the breakup. I'd be upset, anxious, and, and spewing anxiety over my whole family because of my finances, because of God, because there's this space in our heart, in our soul that still belongs to God. That's the part that God created in us that he says, it only belongs to me. You can try to give it to anybody else. 
and I know there's singles on the line. You can try to give it to someone else. You can try to fulfill that empty void, that little tenth of your soul. You can give it to someone else. You can fill it for love for someone else. You can you can try to you know satisfy it in a very in a very Ill, illegitimate way by sleeping around. You can you can sh be a shopaholic and fulfill your loneliness because of this. But the truth of the matter is, we feel that we're, we feel that we're not balanced because that 10% of your soul belongs to Christ. It belongs to God. He wants that peace, that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that 10% of the garden that he said you cannot touch to Adam. He said it to Adam, by the way, he didn't say it to Eve. He said it to Adam. He said, Adam, you do not touch that or you will surely die. And so I love this story. I love Genesis. If I had, if I had a choice, I'd read Genesis, John, and Revelations. That's my favorites. But you know, Genesis is 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 powerful because you know you can start to see your walk of life. And so, um, in the season of innocence, I want you to understand that they did not have knowledge. What they had was they had power. God gave them dominion. So they had power without knowledge. They had no knowledge. It just power. You know what else they had? They had the tree of um, the tree of life. They also had the tree of life. But that didn't seem so fun to eat from because they could have it. They were allowed to eat from the tree of life. But it wasn't as 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 delicious, I guess, right? <laughs> it wasn't as um intriguing or it wasn't as um how do you say I don't know I don't know the word I'm trying to find here but it wasn't as tempting it wasn't tempting enough yeah, to tempting. want the tree of life you know enticing it was enticing so this is why <laughs> this is why they saw the tree of life but they wanted from the tree of the not the tree of knowledge of good and evil and so moving forward comes in the serpent right and the serpent, he tricks Eve, which he does. He tricks Eve by telling her his lies. He says, you won't die if you eat from the tree. The reason why you, I, the reason why God doesn't want you to eat from that tree is because he doesn't want you to be like him. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want you to have power. Like, like God has power. But the truth was that God told them already that they would have dominion, that they would have the power over over everything they had they already had power but they chose to believe what they chose they chose to believe the word of of uh, of the serpent over the word of god and the truth was that they already had the power they just didn't know that they already had it and so um so when satan you know when Satan fell from earth, he fell from, he fell like a lightning, right? Jesus said in the wilderness, um, he's, you know, when he was confronted by Satan, he said, you know, um, I surely I saw you fall from, from heaven, like a lightning bolt. And so, you know, Satan wanted to have these, these humans that God, uh, you know, found so precious, he was so jealous of the hu of humankind that he just wanted them to be with him. He wanted to have power over them. Okay, so they eat from the tree. They 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 sin. Now, what's important to know about this is that you know when you go into these seasons, you're always gonna find um, what's called 
um, there's always going to be a sacrifice. There's going to be a covenant that God gives, and then there's going to be a covenant promise. And then there's, and then sin enters. And then the way, the way God rectifies the sin is that he brings judgment. And so in this time of the garden, we call it the, the, the time of innocence was, um, you know, God had a covenant and, and he he tells Adam and Eve, listen, uh, you know, you will bear a son, a, a seed. You will bring a seed forth, and it will be a redeemer. Now, this seed will um, the that Satan will uh, bruise your seed's heel, and your seed will crush Satan's head. And so, this was a promise. This was like listen, you guys failed. I get it. You know, you guys sinned. Now there's judgment. Now I'm going to curse you because now guess what guys, Adam, Adam, this is what he, she tell, he tells Adam. He says, Adam, now from now on, you are to work from the sweat of your brow every single day of your life. So now he tells Adam, Hey, this is the curse because you sinned. You, the judgment is that you are going to be casted out of guard, the Garden of Eden, but you're also going to have to toil the land. You're going to have to work harder than you've ever worked in your life to the day you die. He tells Eve, listen, you're going to have, you know, childbirth pains, right? Anybody that has kids, right? Only we know of that, right? So um this is why you know this is part of the judgment you you sinned but what he wanted what he brought when he saw that there was some type of connection between eve and satan what he did was he said from now on you guys are adversaries for life so your 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 next of kin will always be adversary to his any of his followers so there will never be any unity between the two which is pretty powerful I think it's pretty great. So he promises Eve that he's going to bring a redeemer through her womb. So she has Cain and Abel. Now we're going into, now we descend into uh, the second theme. The second theme is, you know, the theme of consciousness. Now humans, we don't have power. We don't have power. The prince of air, the prince of air has the power. You know, the, 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 the air, the, the senses, you know, he can play tricks all around you. He can do whatever he wants on this earth because um, actually it's a powerful scripture that it talks about uh, in Ephesians 2, 2, Paul writes that the fall of man meant that we are now subject to the prince of the power of air. And now he has all power of air. Uh, can somebody turn on the AC, please? This is, it's 80 degrees in here. Sorry, guys. I get excited when I start talking about the word of God. Okay, I'll do it. Yeah, 80 degrees. Wow. Okay, great. Okay, so um, everybody follow me so far, right? 
Yes. Uh, uh, any questions so far? Because remember, we're, we're just building a framework. We're just building the structure on the understanding of the seven different seasons of the Bible. Now, there's, a, there's seven seasons. If you want to write it down, the first season is innocence. The second season is conscience. Conscience is to, to, to be with, to talk with. And so now we don't have direct access to God. Like we, I mean, we have a relationship with him. Cain and Abel come about and they have a, a, a relationship with God, but it's not direct. It's not the same, you know, it's not like it was in the garden. Now they got to give up a sacrifice. And what you see through the stories and the seasons is that there's going to be a sacrifice it starts with a sacrifice. God gives a covenant. He gets excited. He, he gives a promise and then sin enters. Ah, oh, here goes sin. And then judgment has to come. And so now we're in the dispensation of consciousness. Consciousness means that now we're no longer in the garden of Eden. We're under the power of the Prince of air. Ugh. He's such a jerk, right? And so now, but but God still gave a promise to Eve. He said, the Redeemer will come from your womb. And so she's like, yes, great. All right, great. Oh, well, you know, that's good. You know, Adam, you're going to have to work overtime. I get it. You know, we're going to, you know, we got to, we, we got to do what we got to do, right? And so Cain and Abel, they offer up a sacrifice the only problem is that Abel was the one that gave a blood sacrifice that was um, that was done through blood. It was um, a clean animal and it was done, you know, as a sacrifice to the Lord. Abel brought fruit. But the, the covenant, the promises, the word, the way God has had the relationship with hum humankind is that every time there's been a judgment, God renews it by covering with bloody skins. So what does he do with Adam and Eve before he sends them off out of the garden of Eden? They were, they, now they had knowledge. They knew they were naked. What did God do? He covered them with bloody skins. He used clean, he used clean animals and he used those bloody skins to cover them. So God is, you're going to see throughout the Bible that God covers us. He uses some type of sacrifice to cover us. And of course, we see it in the, in, the, um, in the seventh season of the Bible, which is the season of grace. We are now, right now, in the season of grace. Why? Because Jesus came and he died on the cross. He was the innocent animal, the, the innocent lamb that died on the cross, and the blood was shed. And God covers us with his blood. So if you can see the same similarities of the themes that go on throughout the Bible, if you start to realize, wow, this is so much easier to understand because, you know, now we go into the consciousness and we know that Cain and Abel, there was, there was a problem because God gave a promise that the Redeemer was going to come through Eve. But wait a minute. What happens now? Because Abel's dead. And Cain is a murderer. So what do we do? How do we, how do we get this covenant back? How do, what do we do, God? You promised. See, remember, God is not like us. God, when he, when he does a covenant with us, he keeps his covenant. He keeps his word. We're, we, we're faulty. We, we fail. We're, we fall short. So, so we tend to say, yes, 
I'm excited. I want to be in this covenant with you, but then we fail as humans, right? And so God throughout the Bible, you know, tries to show how we can redeem again. How can we redeem the mankind again? And so what comes up after that is Noah. So you see in Noah that, okay, there was sin. Cain brought sin into, into the world again. And so Noah had to be called out and had to do a covenant with the Lord. And Noah was just doing so much to try to convince God, hey, you know, if we could find 30 people in that land, like, like, can we, can we do like, like maybe 20 people? He just kept trying to negotiate. And God's like, listen, you know, I find favor in you. And because of you, your wife, your three sons and their three wives, they will come through the flood. I will flood the earth and I will, I, I'll get rid of all of creation because he saw there was wickedness. And so he needed to get rid of the creation all over again. So what did he do? Well, what God did was he had a promise to Eve. And what he said to Eve was, I'll give you a new child. And he gave her Seth. And that is considered the second Adam. That is, people call it the second Adam. Seth is the one that, that carries on, that doesn't bring um, uh, sin back into human uh, mankind. And so knowing all this, pastor, why do we need to know all this? Why do we need to get into these stories? Why do we need to understand that there's seasons and themes and, and typology and, you know, uh, uh, Noah and the ark being a baptism sort of thing, right? And, and being able to come out new and refreshed. How do we know? Why? Why do we need to know all this? Because we need to realize, number one, who God is in our lives. He's, he's a trying God. He's a God that doesn't worry. He's a God that knows what's happening. He's omniscient. He knows all things. He knows what's going to happen. He knows he needs to come up with a new plan, right? And so, so far, I just want to, I want to get some feedback to see if everyone's kind of like keeping up with it. If anyone's confused, everybody's like straight. Okay. I see some heads being nodded. All right, cool. All right. So hold on, Pastor. Um, one thing that I can really appreciate from what you're bringing in is how, you know, people can tend to bring a contrast between the Old Testament and the New Testament as saying that things are being done different. But with the whole shedding of the blood, you see that it's the same. You see that God set the standard and that standard remains. He doesn't lower it and he doesn't set it above. It is what it is. So when he shed the blood of the animals, um, dressing Adam and Eve before leaving the garden to when Jesus being laid on the cross, you know, you still see throughout the entire, I guess, season, you see that truth remain. And it's important that under this season of grace that we're living in now, that we realize, and this is what makes Christianity so powerful and makes it is what it is, is that Jesus is alive and that blood is still flowing. We remain covered throughout all the days of our lives. And so um, I love that powerful reminder because sometimes we can get discouraged between what we're seeing in the world and what's happening now. But you got to recognize that God took care of it. And he took care of it by a master plan. There's no better master plan than Jesus himself. So. 
Amen. Amen. That exactly. That's exactly right. And um, and he's not. He doesn't change. He doesn't change. He's he's the same. He was the same then. The the God he was then is still the same God he is now. And I'm so grateful for that because if God was faltering and wavering the way human are, the way mankind is, we'd be in trouble. We'd be in trouble because if his, his, see, this is the best part about what I get from reading Genesis is that God's great presence doesn't leave us when we don't feel him. When we don't feel God, when we don't feel goosebumps, when we don't feel like crying, when Jeanette's uh, singing on Sunday at 11 o'clock in the morning, when we don't feel God in the tribulations, that does not mean that he has taken his presence from us because he's not like us. He doesn't say, oh, I'm mad at you now. So I'm disappointed at you. You fell yesterday. I know you hit that girl up. I know you hit him up. I, you, you knew he shouldn't have come over last night. Let me tell you something. God is still with you. He's still with you because he wants to always reconcile. He does not like um, um, to be uh, not reconciled. You know, I didn't want to botch that word but you know he wants to unify he wants to unify us with him he wants to he uses the spirit of god to bring us closer to him and so throughout the bible you know you see this um and you'll see promises that god has done with with man and then you see that the that men will become wicked right and then god has to bring judgment but then he covers them with a sacrifice and I'll prove it to you. So let's move into let we're still in consciousness, right? We're still in, in, um, in the number two, number two theme of the Bible, uh, which is Genesis, uh, four, five, six, seven. Um, and so just to summarize that, you know, it's so powerful and I don't want to get into Noah too much because that can be a whole one hour session. Um, but with Noah, he he had to bring judgment because he saw that men men were wicked they were they were they were doing wicked things and so he saw favor in noah and noah wanted to please him noah didn't care that they mocked him while he was building the ark noah didn't care that they were making uh making fun of him while he was um talking and telling people listen save yourselves come come you get on the get on the ark you know save yourself no they were just laughing at him they did they did not they did not want to believe that they, they actually thought Noah was crazy. They, they called him crazy. Basically, if you read the, you know, you read the chapter. And so what's powerful is that God made a covenant with Noah, though. He made a covenant and he said that he was um, that he would he would save them and he would bring them through the flood. And so when he gets off that ark, he, he first makes his covenant with Noah and he says, listen, I'm going to show you a rainbow. And this is the sign that I will never, ever delete 
mankind through flood ever again. I will never use water to, to get rid of mankind ever again. And so the promise is the rainbow. And he tells Noah that he will never do this again. And that, um, and he makes his covenant with Noah, which was pretty powerful. But then something happens. And people don't like to talk about what happens. Well, the first thing that Noah did was he built an altar for God and he gave a sacrifice. He took one of every clean animal and he sacrificed it to the Lord. And so he, he covered the covenant with Noah, um, with God, and he did that with God. But then afterwards, let's, let's be honest, let, let's not forget that these people we're talking about, they're not righteous. Noah wasn't righteous. It didn't say that Noah was righteous. It said that he, that he found favor in the eyes of God. How many of us have favor with God, but we're not righteous? None of us are perfect. None of us are righteous, right? We, we try perfection. We try to, to perfect our love for God and try to be most pleasing to God, but we're not righteous. The one who's righteous is the one true God, the king of kings, the, the one and only, the Lord of lords. So Noah wasn't righteous. So he, you know, he gets this vineyard, he gets drunk. And one of his sons, Ham, which is a little um, disturbing, you know, sees him naked and drunk and in a very vulnerable state. And it says that something happens. It was so something so bad, so bad that Noah was so angry that that Noah cursed Ham's sons. And so I think it was interesting because, you know, what could make him so angry to find his father naked and drunk and something that he had done to make Noah wake up and be so livid that he did something to him. And so nobody, the Bible doesn't say what it was, but he was angry. And so it was something sinful and very um, dishonoring. And so, you know, Noah curses Ham's son. And I think it's important to know that it's not a generational curse. And a lot of us like to go back and say, oh, is that a generational curse? No, because it says that he did not curse Ham. He cursed his son. He didn't give him a generational curse. That, and if that was true, then the rest of Ham's family would be also cursed. It was just his son. And so seeing all this come to pass, you start to say, wow, you know, God used water. So now when you, when we're now in the, in the, um, the, the theme or the, um, the season of grace, that's where we're in now in the time of grace, what's the one thing that water does for us? It cleanses us. We get baptized. We get baptized. It's a, it's a, it's a grave made out of water. You know, the old is now put to death. And what comes out of the water is like Noah's family through the ark. What comes out of the water is a new creation. So you see the similarities. And I think it's powerful that, you know, you know, God, we see these uh, themes and, and, you know, there's not enough time to get into Exodus and all this other stuff, but then we go into uh, the human government, which is the tower of Babel. And then, now the human government is, okay, people, 
now we're in chapter eight to 11. Now, all of a sudden, listen, we don't, we don't even ask God how he wants us to come at him in the tower of Babel and everything that went on between chapters eight to 11. That's all us trying to have our direct access because Nimrod, you know, someone, you know, the lineage right under, under Noah, he decides that he wants to have, you know, direct access. So you have Shem, right? You have Shem. Hold on, I got my notes here. You got Shem, you have Ham, and you have Japheth. And so you see the dispersion, right? Because that's part of the judgment. God sees that Nimrod gets all these people together. And it's like, yo, let's build this tower. Let's get this direct access back to God. And God's like, whoa, we got to do something because you know what? If I don't do something now, this, you, these, these men are going to think that they can just come at me whichever way they think they should. And so the Bible is important to know that God is, he's not a respecter of persons, but one thing he does um, uh, respect is the admiration of us being able to reverence him when we come at him. We don't, you know, I've had, you know, I've had some you know, some interesting people, you know, you know, in my day, you know, I've been in ministry for some time now. And I remember someone telling me, you know, one of, you know, a sister, not part of this church. This is, I'm talking about like the first church of the first epistles, right? Back in the day. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, you know, head coverings and all, but anyway, so this woman tells me when I come to God, I come to him because there's a relationship. I come to God and I say, hey, it's me again. Oh, no. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Hold on. Let, let's be very clear. God wants a relationship with you. That means you better accept him just like he accepts you. You're not, For those who are married or dating, you don't come and tell your husband or your boyfriend, this is how I'm going to come at you. And that's how you're going to have to take me. No, you get to learn each other. You're learning each other. You're getting to learn one another. And you got, you start to realize that there has to be an understanding with language, with um, physical language, right? There's physical language, there's vocal language, right? And there's different ways to communicate, but let's be, let's be very clear. God does not want to become at just any old way. He wants to be praised. He made us so that we can praise him. He made us so that we can worship him. He made us so that we can reverence and respect him so that he, we could get to know him in his way, not the way we think we should get to know him. So this is happening in the tower of Babel, you know, and the Tower of Babel, you know, is a false religion. Hey, let's figure out how we can get direct access to God the way we think we can, because obviously nothing's working. So let's do it this way. So Nimrod's like this uh, drill sergeant, and he's trying to put this army together to do all this to, you know, to get to get closer to God. And God just has to disperse their language. Divorce happens when when two people can no longer communicate and understand each other. That's when divorce happens, when there's no, there's no more ability, when there's no ability to understand each other anymore. And so Shem, Shem is actually um, the father of the Asiatic and Israel, um, Israeli nations, and Ham is the African and Egyptian 
nations and Japheth then is the father of the Euro and the any any other nations that came out of that. And so those three nations, they had to disperse because they didn't understand what they were talking about. They didn't understand each other. And so God needed to disperse them. And that was the judgment to make them not understand each other so that there was no unity in what they were trying to do, which was a false religion. How many of us have used a false religion to try to get what we want in life, to try to bypass what God has already said. God already said, put the kingdom of God first and his righteousness and everything shall be added unto you. It does not say, take things into your hands, take matters into your own hands and put anxiety and depression on it and, and, and let, let your mind take over and your emotions rule you. That's not what the Bible says. So there's so, so many times that we use different types of false religion to believe that this is how God wants it from me. Oh no, God wants me to fast, but that's great. That's great. The Bible says that fasting is good. Nope, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's when we use false religion, idols, right? Santeria, right? Pastor talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And so there's plenty of people that have, and including myself, that were ignorant to the fact of how offensive the Santeria was to God. And we did so many covenants and, and, and promises through that religion that we then cursed ourselves. That's a rebellious spirit. That's a rebellious religion that goes against everything that God has for us. And so how many times do we do it in our own personal life? We will do that in our own personal life. We will take our method of what we think is going to work. So when this sister told me she'd come to God and say, hey, it's me again. I need to talk to you and like curse him out. I was like, and God didn't strike you down with a bolt of lightning? Because that seems odd. Like God does not want us any old way. He's, he's a loving God. He's a strategic God. He's a planful God. And he's a providing God. He has provision for everything. When he told Noah, Noah, he called Noah out. And he made, before he made this covenant with Noah, he said, listen, I'm calling you out. He called Noah out so that he can come into agreement. He needed Noah to have this covenant with him. And we can get into covenants another time, but the covenant is a binding agreement that's created by God, not by you. I need you to be clear. I've heard people say, I made a covenant with God and, and he doesn't want me to drink wine anymore because I'm a drunk and I get all messed up. But then I felt like Jesus healed me so now I could drink again. And I was like, oh, no, sweetie, that wasn't God. God was not speaking there at all. I don't even know where God is in all that. Because, and I, yeah, I'm trying to be funny, but the truth is it, these, these are real stories. You have to bring correction when things don't sound right. You have the right to bring correction. You know why? Because you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior. You're part of this church and you're getting fed very well, by the way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for agreeing. I see every, people nodding their head. You get fed very well, the word of God. And I, it does not surprise me when I see Reuben uh, posting scriptures or when Reuben is in the church and he's speaking the word of God. It does not surprise me we're in a, we're in a chaplain's meeting and I hear him speaking because he's, he's being well fed. And guess what? He's smart. He's listening. 
that's on you if you're on a Zoom and you got your video on and you're not listening. If you don't have your video on and you're listening, then that's good. I mean, the nuggets. Stuff. I have a question. This is gonna make me. Uh, they're gonna help me in my situation right now. But but remember that God does not want to be treated like any other thing in earth because He's not earthly. He He wasn't created by us. He was from the beginning. He was. And we'll never understand that. And the scriptures will always tell us that no matter how much we read, no matter how much we pray, no matter how much we fast, no matter how much we study, his thoughts are always going to be above our thoughts. In Ephesians, it says his thoughts are above our thoughts. His ways are above our ways. But remember, he gave, he already had a provision for Noah before he even asked Noah to make the ark. Boom. Listen, read it. Go back and read it. Just like a lot of people have this misconception that that the animals were going in two by two, male and female were going in two by two. I urge you to go back and read the scripture because I did. And that's not what it says. It does not say that Noah brought in two, uh, two of each kind. It does not say that. It does not say that. So go back and read the word of God with such a better revelation of where you're standing. When you're talking, when you're quoting a scripture in, in, in Genesis up to uh, uh, verse three, um, chapter three and four, you know that you're in the innocence, right? You're, you're quoting scriptures that's not, that has no grace. There's no great grace has not come yet. You know, consciousness has not come yet. Knowledge has not come yet. They had no knowledge. And so then we move into knowledge, which is consciousness, but no power. Now the prince of power of the air is got control over the world. Ephesians 2.2 talks about the prince of air is the one, the old aged thing that goes to and from the earth doing whatever he pleases and, and he's the ruler of this earth, you know, and sin did that. Sin gave him that power over the earth, not over you. I need an amen in the chat. Satan has no power over you. Thank you, Deaconess Ariane. Satan has no power over you. Thank you, Giselle. Amen. You know who has, well, who, what he has power over? The earth, the world. He has power of his over his sons, which are like fallen angels and 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 evil people who have already made covenants saying they don't they you know they hate God and they 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 actually serve him, serve Satan, you know. So he'll have rule over them, but he does not rule over us. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. When your emotions are taking over you, that's you. That's not this, that's not Satan. That's you. You're, you're upset about a situation, that's your emotions, that's you. Anyways, uh, I know I said I'd be total knock about, but I did want to um, stop there because I don't want to get into Noah because those are other, you know, covenants that God has with, with mankind again. But before... Um, you know, after he brings that judgment, 
and he scatters everyone. That's the judgment. He, he, he switches up the languages and he scatters the nations um, so that they won't join together and understand each other to be able to do things their way. Um, I think it's powerful because, you know, again, uh, God, God comes and brings another opportunity of sacrifice, you know, and that's where Abraham comes in. And I think it's so powerful, Abraham, to just cut him short and do a 10 second Abraham teaching would be just not cool. Uh, but if anything you could get today, I want you to understand that when you are reading the word of God and you are thinking of scriptures that pastor preaches, or you're reading the word of God and you're thinking of these scriptures that come to mind when you're praying or worshiping, just know and remember that you're no longer in the season of innocence. You're no longer in the season of, um, of conscience. You're no longer in the season of government. You're now in the season of grace. And so hopefully we'll get to number seven, which is um, the season of, of eternity, which is when we go to heaven. So number six, we're in number six right now. We're living in number the theme and the, the season number six, which is the season of grace, which is powerful because Christ did die on the cross for us. And it would be such a shame that you don't take your relationship or opportunity to be able to get the fullness of what God has for you through the word of God and be able to get the fullness of joy and being able to say, you know what? But Noah didn't care what they said about him and he still heard God and he still obeyed God and he wanted to please God above everybody else's voice. He heard God above everybody else. People did not want to believe him and he still was against the grain. He didn't care what people were saying. And look at, he was the one that him and his family went and got that covenant where they, get, they came through the, the flood. So there's promises in the word of God that belong to us and it's your job to find them. So that's my teaching for tonight. If not, well, I'll have you here till about one o'clock in the morning because I love talking about this all day. Anybody want to share anything? Hey, man, Pastor, I'll, I'll chime in. I really loved how you uh, broke down just from the beginning to where we're at now in seasons. It, it reminds me of like, you know, I'm a, everybody knows I'm a Netflixer or, you know, HBO Max type, you know, to watch shows. And it helps to, uh, to illustrate from my, my mind how to break things up. Okay, season one, it was just the beginning. Mm -hmm. se season seven is the final, the, the final season where you have, you know, the, the best things that you have to look forward to. And, and I love how you brought it into the one season six of, of grace, of that mercy that God has given us because he, you know, he laid down his life and resurrected and he's given that to us, um, you know, and, and I can appreciate that and, and appreciate that more. And when I read the stories in the Bible, I can, okay, at what point, where are we at right now? You know, what season were we in? And if, if it was done now, how would that look different? And if it was even before then, how would that look? So, you know, it just adds a different perspective. I really appreciate that. And, um, amen. and, and you know, amen regarding the story of uh, the, the person who, I'm just gonna come at God however I like. <laughs> 
because I can remember I was that. like, <laughs> I can remember that. And, and I, it was interesting because even in, in Sisters yesterday, it was like, how do I even start praying? I think it was yeah. one of the questions. And it's like, you know, you start with dear God, just address who you're talking to and, and pour your heart out and then just, you know, stamp it with in Jesus name, you know, and that's, yes. that's your first prayer. That's your first prayer, you know? And it's, it's so important that we address God appropriately to who he is and who he is to you, um, you know, so that it, there's power behind it. So yeah. I, I really love tonight. Thank you so much. Oh, yes. Awesome. That's a blessing, Jay. Thank you. Hiram? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I think it's Sister AC next, right? <laughs> that was good, Pastor. Um, I, one of the things that really resonated with me again, well, two things, but Jeanette just touched on one, which is, you know, how we come at God, like, um, while you're sharing that story, I just think about the reverence that we're supposed to need, you know, and reverence can go through recognition and maybe you're not talking to God, right? Because you don't recognize him and you just get to, you have to like, I have to get to know him more, you yeah. know, because when you, when you recognize somebody and you know who they are, you come at them correct, you know? And, um, but the thing that really resonated with me is that when you stated that how God is the author of the covenants, you know, and sometimes we, we want to treat God like, let's make a deal. All right, God, I'm not going to yeah. do this anymore. And you're going to do this for me. You know, we're trying to haggle with God, but you know, what I can appreciate about God and that story of Nova, Noah, what you shared is like, you know, you can weigh in. God can send a command and say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to destroy this city. But he has a relationship with us enough to say, hey, what if I found 30 people or what if I'm what if, you know, because um, you can recognize God's character and the fact that he loves. So you can tap into that love, you know, so you can weigh in on the covenant, but he's the one that sets the standard. He's the one. So it's, it's not let's make a deal. It's more like deal or no deal. Like this is what yeah. it is. Are we going to are we going to take part of it? Or are we going to let it go? You know, and and shame be on us fools be us if we let that covenant go with God because he's 100% faithful unto death amen. so um, amen. that's a good reminder yes amen thank you yes you're you're reminding me that you know the purpose of this study is so that we are well equipped we want everyone to be well equipped so that one you know God's word towards you and you know, number two, God's word towards others, because you can't minister to someone else's problem when they come running to you. They're like, oh, I know co-worker such and such, Denise, she prays. Oh, I know such and such, Giselle, she, she be like worshiping. Okay, so I'm going to go to them and ask them to pray for me because God hears them. And they don't got it. They don't understand yet. And that's okay. But if you understand God's word towards you and you'll be able to understand God's word towards others, then it's easier to minister to people and get them to an independent relationship with God, not a dependency on you, but yet an independent relationship with God because it's, it is independent, you know, I mean, we try our best to, you know, be there, be there. We straight, I know, I know, I know the stories, you know, you know, you need to tag somebody in, listen, sisters on here, even brothers don't play yourselves. 
y'all tag me in all the time on a text, like pastor, I need prayer. (laughs) And I'm like, yes. And that's good because God says in the Bible, it talks about that the fellowship of the saints is not to be, um, we should not forsake the fellowships of the saints, that we should be in this unity, be able to fellowship together and, and up, upgird each other, give each other exhortation, give each other encouragement, you know, with a real truth of God, not fluff. You know, we can fluff all day. That's the worldly encouragement, you know? That's worldly encouragement, you know, like, oh, but you know, you're, you know, you're, you're a woman, you can do this, you know, you don't need no man, but okay, whatever. Look, my point is this, that when you have God's word, you don't need to, you don't need the fluff to help people encourage them through a a, a rough time in their life. You could give them something substantial. You'll give them something with substance that they can lean on, that they can grab onto. So the day you don't give them a right to church, guess what? They're Ubering to church. Okay. <laughs> I love Sister Denise. She always like high-fiving. That's funny. But thank you. Yes. Know, know the word of God towards you and equip yourself so you know the word of God towards others. You know? Um, so Ariane has a raised hand. Yes, Ariane. Oh, man. That was good. I just lost my train of thought now. <laughs> I'm like, yes, Sorry. yes, yes. <laughs> um, I just, I just, I want to say that um, I loved uh, how you just broke it down, like Elder Jay had mentioned in the seasons. Um, so I'm like taking my notes and I'm like, okay, season one, season two. Um, so I'm really like excited to be able to just dive into this and to continue to to talk about the seasons in the Bible, you know, knowing that which season we're in right now. But going back to what Minister Araceli was saying, you know, and what you had mentioned, Pastor, God created us to have a relationship with him. That was like, such a good reminder, you know, because it's so important. And, and I think that that's what helped, that's what carry us is, that's what carries us through all of our seasons in whichever season we're in, um, personally in our lives, you know, as, as, as Christians, as believers. So I just, I just love that. I love that you mentioned that. And there was something else that I want to say, but I lost my chain of thought. <laughs> well, if no one else wants to chime in, like a brother, Yes, we will wait. <laughs> oh, I see Eduardo. God bless you. Oh, Brother Ruben, go ahead. You go first, Brother Ruben. Ah, really? Yeah, Brother yeah, Ruben. You read your hand. Oh, you know, Pastor Riley, um, that was fire right there. How, uh, you know, God created us. I mean, he created us in his image to worship him. And to 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 actually adore him, to be to be one with him, to be one with the Creator, and He wanted us to to have eternal life from the beginning with Adam. Yeah. But Adam faltered, so this is why we have to die. Yes. And then Christ came to go back to the beginning, so we can have everlasting life. I mean, that's that's the beauty. That's that's a love story in itself, because yeah. we we are weird and perfect, but through Christ through through the grace, one day we will be perfect, you yes. know, and, and that's what the, that's what the Bible says. One day we will be perfect, yes. you know, and I, I can't wait till that day uh, comes. But 
yeah, you, th this whole thing was on fire. And that hour felt like 15 minutes to me. Did it? I mean, because, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, because it was like, you were just on point with everything. I, I love you. God gave Praise you. God. Praise uh, God. God gave both of you guys uh, a revelation of on how to express and, 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 and break down the Bible and, and to teach us, right? Because the Bible says that we learn well, faith comes through 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 the word, all right, through through people speaking. You don't get faith by reading, we get faith by hearing. And and and, and that's the beauty of it. That's so. awesome. That was great. Ah, Roman, you're always a blessing to hear. <laughs> Eduardo. God bless you guys. Pastor, good job. Very good job. Very good job. Uh you know, one of the things that uh we get. In, in the beginning, when the creation start, um, we believe by faith that the, you know everything that we see was created by the word of God. Mm -hmm. And you know, one of the, one one thing is that, uh, like Brother Ruben said, He created us for Him, for His glory, for His for His purpose. So it is good for us, for ourselves. To seek that purpose that he created us for. Amen. You know, to, to, to seek. Because otherwise, we're going to be wandering around in this world. Just yeah. running around from here to left. And wasting a lot of time. Wasting a lot of time. I was talking to a brother of mine in the yard. And I said to my brother, you know what? I wasted 13 years of my life. I wasted wow. 13 years of my life. And I was reminding myself where I was 13 years before. I was preaching the word of God. I was going places. I was doing this. I was doing that. I was doing things for, for the kingdom of God. Wow. And, the, and, the, and what happened is that when you stop looking at Jesus, when you stop looking at the purpose of God in your life, that who create everything, and you start depending on you and your own self and your own way of thinking. False religion, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You end up getting uh, getting bit by your own way of thinking, your own loss, your own uh, imagination. You know, this yes. is the way things are supposed to be. No, things are the way things are supposed to be is God's way. You know, God's way, God's way are the things that are supposed to be. If He created everything. How is it possible that I'm going to create my own work? What I'm doing with that, what I was doing with that, I was doing, I was doing the same thing the enemy is, is doing. Yes. Creating his own world, creating his own dominion, creating his own power. This is mine. This is what I do when I do whatever I want with, with what I have. And just a reminder to me of, of what, you know, of your teaching today, sister, pastor, is that, how how important God looked at us because He created us with a purpose, mm -hmm. and He's willing to do everything. He's done it, but He's keep doing everything possible to keep us together. You know, with Him, to keep us together with Him. He's He's not moving away. He's moving closer. Like, hey, what are you doing? You know. 
Come on. I created you for this purpose. And, and it, it is good uh, just to keep moving forward and looking to, to please our, you know, please God Almighty. Because at the end, at the end of my days, I know I'm dirt. That's what I am. Dirt. Just dirt. Dirt. No, yeah, no matter, no matter what I do, no matter how. You know what, Pastor? We dress, we eat, we have fun, we do this and that. At the end, we dirt. You know? And it is something that I wanted, God willing, through yeah. his mercy and through his grace, I want to be a servant if, you know, with his strength as well, because he's the one who do Amen. everything. You know. Amen. I yeah. want to be a mm -hmm. Yeah, something, something you made a, um, a point of, I wanted to go back to, is, um, you know, you see the purpose that God gives a mankind in the garden. Um, you even see that even, even uh, Eve was not created until God gave Adam something to do. So he's very strategic. He has his ways of unfolding the plan. So when we get ahead of ourselves, we, we start to see it like, oh, so I want to marry. I want to get married, right? Because God said I should marry this woman, but yet you don't have a plan for her you know, you're going to have a problem because God got you. You still don't understand that God has given you a purpose. If you have a purpose, you have a plan. It might be a big plan. It might be a small plan. It doesn't matter what plan it is. It's God's plan. And what's beautiful about God's plan is that, he, again, we go back to the first thing I said tonight. God is not a God of time. So when he gives us a promise, it's not when you say so. It's when he says so. It's when he, he understands that you're ready for the promise. When he said so. Not when you say, oh, it's not happening. You know what? I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> it's not happening. He's not giving me a ring. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, that's right. I said it. And so one thing I want to say <laughs> is that, um, you know, the Bible, the Bible, we have to understand something. The Bible is, is very sacred. It's a very sacred book. And, you know, it's a book that's been accepted by Christians um, by, you know, just knowing that this is, you know, an authoritative book it's it's a it's a book with a lot of authority and guidelines for us to be able to see God and know him and and all the scriptures every scripture that you read has been inspired it says in second timothy 3:16 says all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching for reproof for correction for training in righteousness all scripture is, is inspired by God. And so when we have to believe, if we believe one thing in the Bible, we got to believe it all. We can't just believe this. I believe healing for you, but not for this one. Or I, I believe healing for you and not for me. I, I believe in restoration for your marriage, but not mine. No, if it's in the Bible, it's for all of us. It's an inspiration for all of us. And so I thought that was important to know that, um, one, you know, get to know God's thoughts. You don't, don't be that super spiritual, super righteous, you know, uh, person 
that turns people off by saying that the Holy Spirit spoke to you, but yet it doesn't coincide with what the Bible's saying. The only way you to, for you to know God's thoughts is by you knowing the word of God. It, it's, it's important that you know that it's gonna, it, it, it makes you to understand the word of God. You understand the thoughts of God. You understand his thoughts towards us. And you understand the theme of each season. And so I hope that everyone was blessed tonight. Uh, oh, Hiram wants to say something. Absolutely. Woo! What a word, Pastor. What a study. I am excited for this series. Um, I'm so stunned from the beginning from what you said that God had gave us everything. The whole garden was ours. But this one thing, this one thing, and we fall in. And it made me realize in most circumstances, God telling me not to do this one thing. This one thing will keep me away from my blessing, my calling, my purpose, what I'm destined to do. This one thing, can you sacrifice it? For me, and we keep and we fell for it. But then now we realize we're in a season of grace. So it makes me realize how privileged I am to be called a child of God. Amen. Amen. How privileged I am that his blood covered me. That now, now I know where my foundation stands. So it's important to hear these stories and to break it down into layman's terms for us to really understand how it's affecting us on a day to day. Well, we know where our roots come from, the solid ground that we stand. So our foundation for when we worship and stomp our feet for a celebration, we know that. We don't deserve it. Yeah. We don't deserve it. I was still stuck on that point. Like you dropped bombs after bombs. Just, oh, like I need this recording immediately because but I was still stuck on that one point. Like he gave us everything from the beginning. But it was our choice. That's right. It was a choice. It was a choice. To be honest. Yeah. She said eat from the fruit, but it was our choice to still eat it. That's right. That's right. And you see mm -hmm. God's love. You see his unfailing, redeeming love throughout the mm -hmm. whole Bible. You see it. He's trying to work it out every season. With mm -hmm. Adam and Eve, he tried to work it out and it didn't work. Then he said, okay, let's try this one more time with Noah. Right. So so each season that we get into, you're going to see that there's a there's a sacrifice. You know, there's there's a covenant and a promise and then sin enters and then God has to bring judgment. But then again, he brings a different season and he says, let's do it again. Let's try it again. You know, let's do it again. And I can't wait to get into Abraham. 
because he 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 said, okay, now this one, this has got to work, and this is God. I can just picture my God saying, you know, okay, so it didn't work out, you know, in the garden, and okay, it didn't work out, you know, with the ark. So now let my son Noah. This 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 is the man right here. So you start to see the plan. His redeeming love for us unfolds in every season. I'm so grateful. I am so grateful. Just like you, I am so grateful that the last plan of salvation was the right one. That was the one. Because now you start to see in that that season of grace, you start to realize that the covenant is no, that's the only covenant that God cannot do with man. It's the one covenant. For the covenant of grace, for that for that season of grace to come, he couldn't do a covenant with man. He couldn't. He had to come himself and do it. He needed to take hold of the whole plan and say, I got this. I'm going to get up on that cross and I'm going to make this happen because I love you this much, even though I know you're going to reject me. Even though in the, 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 that moment that I know that I need you to trust me, you're not going to trust me. But I'm going to get on that cross anyway. That's the one season, that's the one covenant that he could not, that he did not make with man. He had to do, he had to bring it upon himself to say, this is a covenant for you, but not with you. He did it for us. So I, I mean, this is good stuff. I, I get excited, man. If you, if you could just go to sleep with that one you guys will be, you guys will feel real, real comfortable in your bed under your covers, just crying out to Jesus saying, thank you because I'm undeserving, but you love me that much that you saw nothing was working and we were failing you every season. And this time you just came and did it yourself. That's powerful. That's powerful. Because the only time you see the Holy Spirit leading us to back to God all the time is in this season of grace. He gave us the Holy Spirit in the season of grace so that we will be led back to Jesus every time we fall. Because guess what? God does not take his presence from us. We're his children. He does not do that. We think he does. We think he gets angry. That's not what he does. Yes, God gets angry, but he doesn't do anger like we do anger. How do we we write people off in anger? God doesn't do that. He gave us the Holy Spirit to lead us back to Jesus. Every time we fail, every time we fall, every time we forget, every time we, we are ungrateful, he will put us in a place where we need him and we're relentlessly at the end of ourselves and have nothing else left but God. And the spirit comes in and leads us right back to Jesus because we're in the season of grace. We're in the season of grace. Well, we got Rudy and then uh, Rudy's gonna close the call with a prayer. I think Yadira's on the call. I, I think Yadira's on too. I think she put her hand Okay. No, I put my head down because um, um, you actually were saying what I was thinking. And it was basically that, that um, it was so 
beautiful to hear everything that the way you was explaining everything um you couldn't help it but to feel that 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 tingling in your heart you know of appreciation of understanding how God will continue to have love and patience for us through every season that many times no matter how many times we fail or mistakes we make he always have a plan and 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 you know in a way to teach us how to be better how to seek him again how to come to redemption again and he just gave us one opportunity after another one mm-hmm. until we reach his purpose you know and you know until we get to salvation and i can't wait to hear that part in the way you go into describe everything <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it was and, awesome. You know, we're gonna we're gonna share this uh, recording and you know share it, share it with people that you share the word with, because yes. sometimes there's this stigma of oh, don't read the word by yourself and don't read the word, you know, um, you know, without instruction and or don't read, you know, too much. It's like listen, let's simplify it. Let's, let's put you guys in seasons. There's seven seasons and just know where you're standing when you read the story and know how God does and how he acts towards us and what he plans for us. And so you start to see that and you get to know his thoughts for us. So, you know, it's, it's, it's better. I mean, I think it's a powerful thing to be able to simplify things and kind of, you know, let other people understand that the Bible, don't be scared of picking up the Bible you know, play that thing. You don't want to read it, play it, play it. Cause let me tell you something, whatever you're going through, there's always a word in there for you. And you're going to stop the play. You're going to stop playing it and be like, what did that say? Wait a minute. I heard that. Let me run that back. That's a promise. I think I heard a promise there. Is that a covenant? What's up brother Rudy? Oh man. What can you say? (laughs) Uh, I wanted to bring it back to what you mentioned earlier. I I mean, obviously the greatest deception of the history of the world, right? Mm. And what you, what you mentioned was so important earlier that um, the serpent didn't want us to know that we were made in God's image. He didn't want us to know that we were already like him. So he had to lie to us and tell us that he, he just doesn't want you to be. And the truth was that we already were. Right. And, oh man, I got stuck on that for the whole time we were here. (laughs) And um, everything, everything was good. Everything was good. But I was just like, wow. You know, I think this is probably the best explanation of Adam and Eve I've ever heard. Like, (laughs) you know, Okay, the the you know when you know some of us grew up Catholic, you know, I, or most of us probably because by uh, by by culture and association, you know, and we learned about original sin and you know that whole thing, um, and, and you know, uh, and, and that faith is if you weren't baptized and you died with original sin, you were going to be in purgatory or wherever you were going to be forever and ever and ever, not in God's grace, not in all this other stuff that what came after with Jesus Christ. And I thought it was just interesting because, you know, the question, I actually proposed a question to myself. I said, why would God allow that to happen? Why would he allow us to be vulnerable to the serpent so we can respond or react the way we did in the garden? 
you know? And, uh, it, I, you know, like you said, that was the innocence uh, factor, right? We, 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 there was no way we were going to know no. how to respond to that. Like me, you, anybody, right? We're fresh in the field, fruits are flowing, animals, lions, tigers, <laughs> and bears. Oh, my. You know, everything's beautiful, you know? 80 degree temperature every day. Yes. You know? And I'm saying to myself, how can we possibly ruin that? How can we possibly, you know, even in that moment, God was probably so pissed at us, you know, but he had so much love for us that he still allowed us to continue until whatever he chose to do during Noah's time. Um, But I found it so interesting that God, man, what a master. Yeah. He just, he allowed all of that shenanigans to happen just so that he can prove his point through Jesus. Yeah. And, and you know, um, just to blow your mind a little bit more so you don't sleep tonight, um, Rudy, I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to oh, say man. this, you know, um, the free will that God gave us to choose, like Hiram was saying, like Deacon Hiram was saying, you know, it's so important to also know that Eve was the first to be tricked and she bit of the fruit, but curse didn't come until Adam bit. And the reason why is because he made the covenant with Adam, not because he was the man, not because she's a woman and she means nothing. It means that he made, he was the first uh, one made, made, molded into a human. And so out of the souls that he created, he pulled Adam and he said, okay, puts Adam, but he makes a covenant. He makes a, he makes a deal with Adam. He, he tells him, listen, you know, you can have it all and you're like me and you're going to have power. You have it. And so the curse comes because he didn't say anything. You don't hear him saying anything to Eve about that. So he, the curse came because he he was the one that bit the app, the 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 fruit. Amen. So, yeah. And uh, it left me, that left me kind of sorry. I, I, I really got stuck there, but that was just so good. Yeah. Um, and it just left me thinking, and I'm gonna share this last thought before I forget because we can i'm sure we can keep i can keep talking about this for like hours i mean um then if i fast forward all the way to john 14 12 where he says very very truly i tell you whoever believes in me will do the works i've been doing and they will be uh, they will do even greater works than these because i am going to the father and i will do uh, and i will do whatever you ask in my name so that the father may be glorified in the son you may ask anything in my name and i will do it and that just the reason why i'm saying that is just because it kind of puts a perspective back of what the original intention of what god wanted for man and he had to do it through jesus christ and then jesus had to remind us that you're going to do bigger and greater things as long as you believe in me because i go to the father who is who loves me and because he loves me he loves you you yes. know and oh my god jesus christ <laughs> 
Are you going to be able to pray Ooh, us out? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pray us out. I'm going to pray us out before I keep going. Okay. It's crazy. All right. All right. <laughs> Woo, man, Heavenly Father. Wow. What a, what a word, Lord. What a word, Father. What a word. What a word that's needed for the people, for your people, for the church, Lord, that we ask that this, this word edifies us for the remainder of the week and let us cement in our hearts. Just as you say, the word engrafts in our hearts, Lord. Let us let us be edified and strengthened and encouraged by this uh, revelations that you continue to bring through to your very, very early beginnings of creation, Lord, all the way to the end of Jesus Christ, Lord. Make us stronger in our faith, uh, faith make us stronger in our thoughts, make us stronger in our way of being, Lord. Remind us that we are all powerful and created in your image, Lord, and so that we can continue preaching and spreading your word and the good news the way you have called us to, to do. Lord, and I ask something that Pastor Merle mentioned to, to us earlier is like, let us not forget that you have made us to praise you, Lord, that we, have, we are made for you. We are made for you. So let us cry out to you. Let us call out to you. Let us glorify your name and everything that is going on in this world, Lord, that it's your glory lord that is upon us and no matter what things look like on the outside you are covering us every step of the way and we are to keep calling out your name lord the highest of all highest the lord of lord the kings of kings lord and we ask you to cover this church, the house of worship right now lord that there's an amazing anointing and power all over this church lord every single member Every single person that participates on these calls, Lord, I call down for a supernatural blessing on this house of worship, Lord, for these amazing lessons that we get every single week, Lord. And I'm blessed, and I hope everyone is blessed on this call this evening, and I hope that tonight when everybody goes to sleep, they sleep in the arms of the Lord, knowing that he has done it all. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Awesome. Amen. 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 Amen